Welcome to A Higher Future in Healthcare, where we're exploring obstacles and solutions to healthcare's growing workforce demands. Tune in to hear from thought leaders as they share their perspectives on strategy, technology, AI, and people who are paving the way for transformative change. everybody. Welcome back to A Higher Future in Healthcare. I'm Evaldo Simonetti, and uh, we this is our first return guest. So uh, I want to welcome back Peter Voss, who uh, was here. He joined us on A Higher Future back in 2021, talking about AI, AGI, uh, artificial general intelligence. Um, and so we wanted to continue the conversation, see where things are at two years later, and, and talk about it in terms of healthcare. So first of all, welcome back, Peter. It's good to see you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so tell us, yeah, talk a little bit about what has been happening. I mean, there's, a, there's been a huge push uh, uh, around AI and, and, and things with ChatGPT. Talk to us a little bit about those, um, those, those new innovations and, and what they mean. Yes, uh, certainly. I mean, you know, ChatGPT was launched uh, just a, almost exactly a year ago, right. and that really is is a game changer. I mean, the it is an incredibly powerful tool. Uh, but you know, as I as I said, what what people are coming to realize uh, quite strongly now is it is powerful, but you cannot rely on it, mm-hmm. um, and it gives you kind of a false sense of. Uh, security or competence, you know, it's it's very difficult to to actually determine uh, in in many cases of of whether the the information is accurate. So so that that's uh, a, a limitation, you know. Use uh, it, but be be very careful. Now, what's the what is why is it not accurate? I think maybe people don't under don't or misunderstand that. Why is it not accurate? Right. Very good question. So there um. A number of reasons uh, for, uh, for that, and uh, in fact, the word GPT already talk you know kind of indicates some of them. The first, the G stands for generative, so it generates output uh, based on its statistical model, and that statistical model is based on massive amounts of information, as I mentioned, good, bad, and ugly. Sure. So it it takes all of the information available on the web, on Wikipedia, on different databases, whatever they can lay their hands on. They take all of the text information and kind of number crunch it. A very expensive process. You know, the chat GPT costs more than $100 million to create. Right. So it's really, really, because, you know, you're talking about um, now trillions of, of words that are actually put in. I mean, it's it's incredible almost incomprehensible how much information yeah. there is. But there is no quality assurance on the information that comes in. It's basically whatever they can lay their hands on. And so that model is built, the statistical model is built from all of this knowledge of, you know, what words tend to, uh, you know, predict other words. And, and it's really a word prediction. But when you use the system, it seems to have so much knowledge and intelligence you know it's so fluid in its conversation and it can do such incredible things it's very hard to actually say well it's only predicting the next word but that's the core mechanism you know statistically what is the next word that's most likely and that's why it can come up with incredibly um 
you know, reasonable and feasible sounding things. But I, for example, could ask it, tell me about um, the the study that I published about um, kidney revival or something. And it'll come back and tell me about some paper that I published, even with references. That is completely bogus. I mean, I've never done anything like that, you know. <laughs> And Interesting. So, yeah. So if you prompt it to tell you about something that is just doesn't exist, it will still, you know, it'll come up with a story. More often, more often than not, makeup. That's a G generative GPT. It makes yeah. up stuff, you know, and literally. <laughs> and, isn't that interesting? It's so funny because we we do a training on on understanding bias, right? The neuroscience behind bias, right. you know, and and our brains almost do the same thing. They they will in times of uh you know when we're in pain or, or you know fight fight or flight scenarios right they will right. take whatever information we have stored in our memory mm -hmm. and create a story to sort of ease that pain right so they're making stuff up based on what's available and Co so it's almost, it sounds like the same thing like the basis uh, form of that uh, correct but when people do that in a serious setting uh, yeah. They lose their jobs, you know, or get fired, or get right. locked up. Hopefully, you know. Yeah, hopefully sure. They get get caught. I mean, uh, th you see, the difference is humans. We have metacognition. We have this mm -hmm. monitoring. We we know what we're talking about. We know when we're lying. You know, we know when when we basically justifying uh, something, rationalizing something. Yeah. Especially, you know, I mean, if if we we try to so certainly in a professional's uh, um, situation, you yeah. would you know, be aware of that. Now, people, of course, use that to manipulate others and so on, where they may well be, you know, aware of that they yeah. distorting the, uh, the the truth. But you're yeah. right, it's similar. Now, these um, um, GPT models don't really have that metacognition, you know, they're not aware of what they, they're saying, or what the implications are. Um, you know, they just create this, this, this text. So the fact that they basically make up stuff, and the the basis of knowledge that they have, as I say, is this massive amount of yeah. good, bad, and ugly. Whereas yeah. with with humans, we tend to already have filtered down, so there's a lot less bad and ugly in there. Yeah. you know, or at <laughs> sure. least we we tend to be more aware of of what information we can rely on or, or not. So that's the the G part of it. The yeah. P is pre-trained. And that's also yeah. a severe limitation that the system, all of the knowledge that it has is trained at the factory, you know, this very expensive process. Yeah. Um, and it it cannot learn interactively. Now, there are various ways in which they try to overcome this limitation, but the model cannot really be updated in real time. And that's a serious uh, limitation because uh -huh. if there's new information that comes comes about, let's say there's some... Um, new study of you know drug that that really changes how you should use it um, or yeah. what you should be aware of. The only way that you could reliably actually update the the model is by retraining the complete model. So you spend another hundred million dollars oh, to wow. include the new information. I mean that's what we saw with ChatGPT when they yeah. now came out with the next version that was trained you know up to what I think two months ago or something. Yeah, or something. Right, right. And so it, you know, the model itself is basically fixed. So any new information that you have, um, you know, can can only be hacked in different ways. And we could talk more about it, but it doesn't really fundamentally up, update the model. So that that is that is um, that is also a problem. 
And, you know, so that's the P, GPT. And the, the T basically is, is just the technology that's used called transformers. Um, okay. And uh, transformers is, it was a real breakthrough when when they, they were invented um, because they really allowed this this very powerful natural language generation, you know, of these, of these, uh, of this large language model technology. Yeah. Uh, but the transformers are basically lock in the technology to needing to be trained all at once. You know, it's called back propagation. And this is why you need to, to, they cannot learn interactively. That's kind of a limitation. Uh, um, but, you know, the, in the, in the AI field is because, the, the transformers are so powerful if you train the whole system at at the at the same time uh, that's mm -hmm. why people use that uh, the, that approach now what we spoke about last time um you know we're talking about ai here now right. most people today when they when they their understanding uh, of what ai is is really big data statistical systems generative ai deep learning machine mm -hmm. learning that's the only the only idea they really have of AI, but yeah. there is another competing approach um, called cognitive AI. That is not fundamentally all about statistics and big data. What it's fundamentally about is how do humans think, ideally. <laughs> You know, when we yeah, reason yeah. about things, how do we learn? We can learn interactively, you know. I mean, as we're having the conversation, we're learning from, yeah. from each other and right. it, it changes. Our model is updated in real time as we, you know, read something, yeah. talk to somebody or listen to, to, to something. So cognitive AI really starts with what does intelligence require? What does human-like intelligence require? And yeah. so the, the cognitive AI, which is what, you know what what our company has been developing commercializing and perfecting over the last 20 years and we continue to 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 work on that is is exactly that approach so like a child our system can learn instantaneously you know for example you could show a, a, a child um, a single photograph of an elephant they've never seen an elephant before and they'll yeah. be able to recognize it statistical systems need you know thousands of or hundreds of, of 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 examples of it too, and and they need to be trained then in this you know uh, batch process. So uh, mm. so cognitive AI um, overcomes the limitations of that, but it's a, it's a field that hasn't seen that hasn't had a lot of love because sure. all of the money you know it's like momentum investing. Everybody goes after what is currently you know successful and and. Uh, you know, well, so applicable. Money, money, money attracts more money and, it, and it's been incredibly yeah. successful in uh, many areas, you know, in speech recognition, translation, sure. and image recognition and, and so on. So these are very powerful tools, but you need to re realize what they are good for. You know, they, yeah. they, they can make really serious errors. Uh, there needs to be a human in the loop. So the the you know the area that we're concentrating on is uh, call center automation you know the the big sure. problem that just many institutions have is how do we attract people to work in the call center how do we train them how do we retain them uh, yeah. we I heard a recent statistic that now call centers uh, people stay on average only six weeks on the job 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, That's... obviously, a lot of people quit after 24 hours, I guess, at what skews <laughs> sure. the average. You yeah. know, and they say, whoa, I, I can't it... handle this. You know? Yeah, right. But it, it, it's, it's a very serious problem. So to automate, you know, on complex conversation where it's not just a single question where you like like a, a google search or something we can say right. well this may be the answer this may be the answer that may be the answer you know and then yeah. again the human can decide oh yeah this looks reasonable or this is applicable um but when you're actually having a, a transactional ongoing conversation like you typically have in a call center where you you know trying to get something done you know an admission or getting advice or uh, you know um, yeah. Then you really need something much more robust, and that is where cognitive AI uh, can can really do that job. You know, that's that's the the if you need something reliable that your legal system legal department will be happy with, and you know your quality assurance your your customer experience team will be will be happy with. So in that case, then, and I think this this you know if we think about how AI and cognitive AI can impact positively, you mm -hmm. know, uh, like a healthcare environment, for example, call, a healthcare call center, is the goal there to then give those human call center agents sort of a, a bigger role, right? So the, the cognitive AI is helping answer more maybe of those fundamental questions. And then the, the human can now actually be there to to solve a problem yeah it's it's a combination of those things so yes you can sort of think of it in tier one support tier two support sure. you know if you if you're relating it to kind of tech support uh, or something so similar yeah. in the in the medical field um mm -hmm. where cognitive ai is not yet developed to full human level so it clearly cannot handle you know the the very complex things but it can handle uh, a large number of of types of transactions um and uh, it will know when it needs to transfer to to a live person if at all you know some some sure, things will be sure. fully automated and other things you can transfer to an operator and with cognitive ai technology uh the the other great advantage is when you trans when you need to transfer to an operator to to a human um it can then give them a summary immediately of what you've already discussed what you already yeah. know because right. that's always super frustrating when you talk to one person and it's above their pay grade and they need to transfer yes. you or you got to the wrong department and then you have to start all over again you know yes so we can that. <laughs> avoid that with uh with with our cognitive ai approach Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's we're starting to get to a point where I can see where, you know, the, the, these personal AI becomes a thing, right? Where we each have our own AI that because you know I'm thinking for physicians or nurses to bounce and to bounce ideas off of, right? Yes. We could use the cognitive AI assistant, yeah, to be able to do that, and then we're both learning at the same time, but that assistant is has access to way more information that we could right. ever store in our brains. So, but, and it's, in, to your point, it's instantaneous. And then there's an instantaneous summarization. Uh, where, where could, where could this be misused in a healthcare environment? Well, I mean, you always have to, uh you know, ask yourself, what can the system do? What are its strengths and yeah. what are its weaknesses? And, yeah. you know, 
unfortunately, large companies, large consulting companies and so on, um, over promise on what the, these large language models can do. And, you know, it's kind of a replay of the IBM Watson fiasco, you know, when it, it, it sure. got into healthcare where IBM was, you know, promising everything in, in the world that it could could do. And mm -hmm. it turned turned out that it couldn't, uh, it couldn't reliably, you know, and I mean, they ended up shutting down the whole Watson division, right. basically, right. Uh, because of that. So th there is a, the, the kind of the same risk here, that you get big consulting firms that can make a lot of money, charge a lot of, you know, charge millions of dollars to investigate, to implement and so on, you know, but really being quite unrealistic. So one needs to ask hard yeah. questions is, you know, how do we deal with the confabulations with, you know, the, the hallucinations that the system uh, has? Then mm -hmm. we have data leakage. You know, that's another big problem is uh, the, the, the data that these systems are trained with uh, can be exposed. So how yeah. certain are you that the data you're putting into the system, the queries you're putting in, isn't going to end up somewhere somewhere else in the public. I mean, that's that's an, another big uh, you know big risk. So again, yeah. in in cognitive AI approach and our approach, this is ours is not a it's not a black box approach. You know, it's it's transparent, it's scrutable, it's auditable, mm -hmm. and and that helps a lot to know, you know, where the data is, where it came from, where it's going. Uh, so you you have that kind of data security uh, with with that approach, but you yeah. know you mentioned the personal assistant. I know we spoke about that last time, and and yeah. you know for for us that is the big goal uh, that that we're working towards is yeah. to to provide what we call a personal personal assistant. You know that yeah. that truly the the individual owns it serves their purpose, not some mega corporation's agenda. And that it learns continually as you mm -hmm. interact with it. So it's hyper-personalized to the individual. And it's also yeah. that your data is secure, that you decide what it shares with whom exactly. But, you know, that is what, what our company is working working towards. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, we still have some development uh, to, to do to really crank up the IQ for the system to have a a better understanding of uh, you know how it needs to do things so that's actually yeah. what we we're working on uh, right now in our company yeah that's fascinating i you know i um i was at a conference this fall and uh the author of sapiens yuval noah harari he was mm -hmm. speaking and he he was talking about this about ai and and <laughs> you know it was there was a little bit of fear mongering in in his talk but he, the, he had this great concept, which has just stuck with me, which is that, you know, consciousness does not equal intelligence. And I think mm -hmm. for me, that makes it super clear in where we're at right now in terms of AI, because AI can be super intelligent, to mm -hmm. your point. I mean, it, it has access to all of this information. Right. But I think it takes consciousness to, to do something good or bad with it. And, and that's sort of the differentiator here be between us and AI is we have consciousness, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we can apply this data in a lot of different ways. Um, but AI is not quite there yet. And so it'll be really interesting when it does get there. And, you know, with with these personal, personal assistants, um, I don't know. That, that, that's just an interesting concept that helps me differentiate 
And then that, so it makes it easier for me, I think, to make decisions about how I might use AI, right? Because it's- Yes, yeah. It it's a, it, yeah, it again comes down to the human in the loop and what we spoke yes. about, that there isn't this metacognition. So metacognition and consciousness are, are, are related. You know, it's basically yes. being, it's self-awareness. Are you aware of your thought process? Are you aware that you are an agent that causes things in the world? You know, are you conceptually aware of that? So it's conceptual awareness of your own actions and your thoughts. And that's really consciousness and, and you know, metacognition is, is a part of that. And yes, the current systems don't really have that or to the extent that they have it is extremely limited. Um, and, you know, once you have the self-awareness and this metacognition, then really agents are in a much more direct way responsible for for what they what they're doing now the fear mongering i think is quite misplaced from my perspective is because the machines we're building unlike humans don't inherently have any drives to reproduce or to survive you know i mean evolution fine-tuned us otherwise we wouldn't be here yeah. you know to yeah. to reproduce and and to survive yeah. you know or putting absolutely. it negatively to rape and pillage you know <laughs> so, right absolutely. unfortunately you know we we have we 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 um that's what evolution did to us and our yeah. rational side is really an evolutionary afterthought you know our rationality sure. is sure. is not is not very well developed yet yeah. whereas with ai uh cognitive ai uh you know it's inherently designed to serve humans to be rational so it's very, very different from, you know, what created us, evolution. Yeah. So there, there really is very little reason to believe that any of the cognitive AIs that, that really can think and reason properly um, will have any motivation other than to do, you know, to help us to, to yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What they, what they were designed for, basically. Right, right, exactly. Well, I, I think that's a great place to to end the conversation, and uh, you know, I hope that our our audience, you know, can take all of this information as they decide how they're going to implement these different systems within their hospital systems. Um, because, yeah, at the end of the day, I think it it can be such a tremendous help if if implemented in the right way, if you know, if communicated yep. in the right way, right? And and uh, I think that will be huge. And to your point about call centers and the workforce shortage, you know, mm -hmm. it's hard to hire and it's hard to retain yeah. employees in that kind of scenario. So if this technology can help alleviate some of that uh, headache, then yeah. great. Like, yeah, you know, no, absolutely. That's, that's what we're doing. And, you know, anybody who wants help with, you know, any kind of customer interaction, customer support, or even internal staff help, you know, mm -hmm. um, that that doesn't confabulate that you can rely on um that come talk to us you know and Absolutely. The, where can they go to reach out reach out um igo.ai aigo.ai perfect and you could just email me peter at igo or you can find me on linkedin twitter uh, our website so it's easy easy to find us and, and the other part that our company is, is focusing on now is a, a development process because with the excitement of large language models, obviously yeah. a lot, lot of people feel now are motivated to really crank up the IQ of the system. So in, in our company, we also have a project now uh, to focus on development and to 
you know, utilize uh, the technology that's available as well to improve the cognitive AI, the you know, sort of reliable AI sure. approach. So we're also looking for partners and, you know, investors uh, to help us move the, 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 to get closer to the personal assistant as well. Yeah, that'd and, be great. Uh, you know, um, to do that quicker. Um, yeah, it's so, amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you, Peter. This has been great. I really appreciate it. It was good to see you again. And I think, you know, the, the goal is um, at, at some point in, in 2024 to uh, have a fireside chat sort of thing with you right. and some healthcare leaders, because I know they have so many more questions and we've been able to cover today. And so I think it would mm. be great, um, again, just to maybe alleviate some of those unnecessary fears, but also just to just to get some clarity on what they can do with, with right. the technology. Yeah. So look let's look to forward that. to that. Awesome. Right. Well, thank you. Right. And thank, thank you, everybody, you. for tuning in. I appreciate it. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. A Higher Future in Healthcare is a production of IIA Healthcare, a healthcare technology company and creators of Interview IA an interview platform for healthcare organizations to streamline their interview processes to deliver unparalleled candidate experiences and to create a true competitive advantage for delivering quality care. Learn more at www.iiahealthcare.com.